Hey, this is Zavid Mazuz from Gotham, and you're listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. You're A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. David, welcome to the cave. Thank you so much for having me. Man, I wish this down here. I wish this was the Bat Cave. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how are things with you, man? What's new? Um, not much. I'm in school right now, and kind of, kind of living the life of a normal 18 year old, which is nice. Well, that's great. That's great. Um, now you've already finished uh, filming Gotham, and uh, we'll definitely talk about that. And uh, you know, the listeners know you from that. You've been you've been a very busy kid, man. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I'm very busy, but but yeah, I've been um, I've had I've had my share of restless nights. <laughs> um, yeah, the past the past five years have kind of been somewhat of a whirlwind, um, and I, I I have I have no gauge on it yet. I think I need a little more distance um, <laughs> to to re- to really understand like what what it what it was and <laughs> what the past five years were even. Um, but yeah, I mean I'm immensely grateful um, <laughs> I mean, but like I said you've been busy you've had several guest roles on various TV shows and you were on the Foxes The Touch you were nominated and now you played Bruce Wayne on Gotham yeah <laughs> so uh, I want the listeners to get to know you a little bit more you're you're from California right yeah I'm from LA um, the show shot in New York the Gotham shot in New York so um, it's, it's funny because Touch you brought up Touch Touch shot the first season shot in Culver Studios which is probably around a seven to eight minute drive from my house. And then the second season shot in Fox Studios, which is probably a four to five minute drive from my house. Oh, wow. So I was very, very spoiled. I, if I had a 7 a.m. Uh, call time, I would wake up around 6.50 uh, when, I was, when I was 11. And um, that, was, that, was, that was my swag. Instead, now, uh, you know, I went, went from that to being on a show that shoots 3,000 miles from my house. So um, it was hard to... Uh, kind of be bi-coastal as a 13-year-old and, um, you know, have have long, uh, you know, periods of time where I'm away from my sister and my dad and my school and my house and my dogs and my friends. And it took a really long time to kind of readjust to that. I, 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 I would probably say that I wasn't really fully comfortable, like, calling New York home, um, even though I spent the majority of my time there. I spent nine months of the year there and then the three-month hiatus back in L.A., um, but uh, but I wouldn't I wasn't really comfortable calling New York home um, until maybe the end of season three, probably more like the beginning of season four. Uh, so it was it was a tough transition. But like I said, I mean I loved working. Yeah. When I, whenever I was working, I was I was over the moon. So um, and especially on something like Gotham, it was it was such an awesome experience. I'm yeah. so I'm so grateful that I was you know it's something that I have in my back pocket for the rest of my life. Oh yeah, and we'll definitely talk about Gotham. So I. Uh... So you were raised in California. How was it growing up in California? Um, I love California. I uh, I missed it very much when I was in New York. <laughs> I miss I miss that's the one of the things I miss. I mean, the weather's kind of obvious, cliche, whatever. Yeah. Um, that I mean, and that's, that's true. I'm not saying that like I did miss the weather. I did miss the weather, but um, one of the things that I really missed was the 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 seamlessness of being able just to get in your car and go wherever you're going, even if there's traffic. I feel like in New York, it's always 
it's always a, a production to figure out where to how to get to where you're going the you know fastest way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, how is California traffic compared to New York traffic? Um, okay, so here's the thing: California, like, is notorious for especially LA. It's notorious for its bad traffic, but that's only because. You you know at at, at eight a.m. you look on the four hundred five and it's an eight line eight, eight lane highway and it's fully jammed. It looks like a parking lot. So people are like obviously obviously you're gonna see that and be like wow you know L.A. has terrible traffic. But the thing about New York's traffic is that in the city you have tons and tons of little tiny windy roads that fit barely more than one car in <laughs> width. But yet there's two cars parked on either side of you and another yeah. oncoming car going the opposite direction. You somehow have to squeeze and just like there's 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 so much traffic in New York City. I really don't know why LA gets all the bad rep for that. Um, prob- probably has to do with our, you know, pollution problems. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of California. I was very happy to come back to California. <laughs> this is this is definitely where I belong. This yeah, is my state. There you go. So, uh, so we t- before we got off before we uh, jumped on the air, we said that you were half Greek and you're now you're half French, also correct? Yes, I am half French. My uh, well, my my dad was born in Tunisia, so I'm kind of half Tunisian. But he grew up in France, so I do have family in France. Yeah, yeah your mom's Greek, correct? Yeah, my mom's uh, parents are both Greek. My mom, uh, they 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 moved to LA a year before having my mom. So my mom was actually born in LA, but wow. she's fully Greek. Wow. Both her parents are Greek. Yeah. How much of a do you know a lot about like your Greek heritage and everything? Since I'm Greek too, so we can uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know a fair amount of my Greek heritage. Um, I know that my my grandpa, my my mom's dad, uh, was from Thessaloniki, okay. uh, I think, which is in the north, and my mom's mom was from Larissa, in the south. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> have you have you been to Greece? Basic. <laughs> yeah, I've been four times. Oh, nice. Do you uh, are you fluent in Greek? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> the, only, the only language that I speak is uh, is English. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll say the words that I know. Yeah. Um, I know Spiti. I know um, Psomi. I know Nero. I know. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I definitely know more. Wait, okay, here's the thing. I know. Yeah. I know Yasu. I know like I know like the basics. <laughs> like when when I'm there, when I'm there, like it all comes back to me. I pick yeah. up like the basics, and I can I can hold a basic, very very basic conversation in Greek. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, when I'm when I haven't been there in over a year, which is now, last time yeah. I went was last summer. Yeah. Um, well, I was I was impressed the way you I was impressed the way you pronounced the the, the cities and everything. So I figured maybe you knew, yeah you're more fluent. But I mean, I mean that I mean, that's good. You know, I'm trying to teach my kids to someday. You know, I want them, I want to take them to Greece also. So I want to, I want them to learn some words in Greek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should. Um, how 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 old are they? My daughter is four, and my son is still a baby. He's eighteen months. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. If I'm speaking from experience, I'm very mad at my mom for not teaching me Greek when I was younger. Just like, just talk to them in Greek. Just like, make them only communicate you, with you in Greek, so that they have to learn it. They'll be so thankful that they know another language, yeah. especially Greek, because Greek is is a very cool language to know. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like a, it's like a, yeah. <laughs> so, so growing up in California as a kid, I mean, you're. St- would you consider yourself still a kid at 18? I'm definitely still a kid. I mean, <laughs> so, I'm I um, I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to being an adult, but I would I, under no under no circumstances call myself an adult. Yeah. I mean, I still you know. So what do you uh, school? Still, yeah. Growing up, what did you enjoy doing? 
Um, I'm still growing up, <laughs> but I, I enjoy, what am I, oh God, what am I enjoy doing? I mean, acting is taking up a lot of my time, yeah. um, especially over the last, you know, five years since I've been on Gotham, you know, doing school and cause I go to fairly rigorous, um, uh, high school. So doing school and doing, which is a full-time job on its own and doing, you know, working 10 hour days on, on set, which is obviously also a full-time job on its own, um, has taken up a lot of my time. So it has not really allowed me to do many other extracurricular um, hobbies. But, I mean, I'm very involved in um, some, you know, charities like Best Friends and Pet Partners, um, who, you know, uh, Best Friends helps. Uh, they, they have an animal sanctuary in Utah. They, they, I mean, they're Best Friends Animal Society. They, um, they do everything they can to help all kinds of homeless animals, not even just cats and dogs, but yeah. all kinds of animals you can imagine. Um, they, they're really an amazing organization. Uh, I really like one of my hobbies. One of my, one of my kind of my passions, I would say is, is hip hop. I just really love it. Um, I, it's kind of, kind of inexplicable. I could go on an, on a, an entire rant about why I love it, and why it's the best <laughs> genre out there. Um, I'll spare you that, but, um, uh, yeah, but one of my, one of my favorite things, yeah, matter like passion, which is just like, just like, it's just my happy place yeah. is, um, adult animation. Oh, Can't nice. get enough of adult animation. Like I've seen every episode of South Park and Stanley yeah, at least three or four times. I used to really be into South Park when it first came out. I used to watch it all the time. Now, even, even that, I love South Park. Like that and Family Guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So you were a kid. How did you know you wanted to be an actor? What uh, pursued you? Um, how did I know I wanted to be an actor? Uh, well, okay. So it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting story. I'll, I'll give you this. I'll give you the short version. But basically, I was uh, I was with my sister. I was about five, and my sister was three years older than me. She was eight, um, and I was with my, me, and my sister, my mom, um, and my aunt, and my two cousins, and um, who were both boys, and they're two years apart in between my sister and I. And um, uh, a, a lady approached. We were at the mall, and a lady approached them, the two boys, and asked if, if they were twins. And just as a hook, I guess they obviously were not twins. Um, but she asked their twins, and then she said, like, "Oh, you know," she gave them she gave them her card and said, "I, you know, I work for the same, for the company that trains Zach and Cody." And you know, those were falling on the ears of a five year old boy. I was like, "Oh my God, Zach and Cody! That was my life!" So <laughs> I was super, super excited, and I was like, "No way! What is this?" But my sister was really excited, even though she didn't approach us at all. Um, she, it, it turned out to be a scanny kind of thing. She just wanted to like, you know, classes, but, but, um, my sister got in her head that she wanted to take acting classes and my mom's a therapist in LA. So she has a lot of clients in the business. And, um, eventually after my sister gave my mom the silent treatment for a week, my mom did not want to take acting classes. My mom was like, finally fine. So, um, so she found some classes from you know, some of her clients. She's got a list of some, some client of uh, some classes. Um, and we went to one uh, that we absolutely loved after we've had it a couple um, and went there every single Sunday for three hours. We missed birthday parties for it. We loved it. It was our favorite thing ever. It was, but, but at the same time, it was, you know, like a hobby. It was nothing more than a hobby. It was yeah. like somebody doing karate every Sunday. Like you do karate every Sunday. You don't expect to be Jackie Chan. You know, you just, it just, it is something that, you know, you're, you like doing it. I never, I never, my point is I never thought ever in a million years it would become a career. Yeah. Then at one of the, um, we did a couple different, um, classes and then at one of the classes, 
stop at the very end. There was a showcase um, for commercial agents. And um, my current commercial agent saw me at that showcase, asked if I would audition for him. I did. Um, he signed me. I was about seven at this point. And um, I did commercial auditions for about a year. My mindset then was, all right, maybe I'll do a couple of commercials to get some money for college. I, you know, again, still never thought anything would come of it. And then about a year later, he referred me to my theatrical agent when I was about eight. And then I started doing theatrical auditions. And then, you know, everything kind of just took off from there. Yeah. Do you, uh, so you said you started off with commercials. Do you remember your first commercial? I do remember my first commercial. My first commercial was a German Chevrolet commercial. Really? And I was, it was a really good commercial too. It was really funny. I was barely in it. I was just, I, I was doing, um, what was it? I was like playing with a car. It was like, oh, I remember what it was. It was, it, yeah, it was great. So it's it like, it, start, it starts out on like this really kind of pristine, looks like an old fashioned kind of wedding um, from like the 17th century. And everyone's really like dressed up really, really nicely. And then all of a sudden this, this, red truck Chevrolet just comes in the middle of nowhere and starts like rolling through things and just crashing into things. And, um, eventually you realize that this isn't actually uh, like a massive wedding or celebration or whatever's happening. And it's just like a, 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 a doll set. Um, and the, the, the red Chevy is just like you know, a toy car that someone's playing with. And <laughs> that was me playing with it. And I was like knocking over my sister's dolls, you know, um, in the backyard, like by a pool, and like my mom like tells me to stop. But it was a great commercial. It was really funny, <laughs> and it was fun to do. I, I I don't you know I have a terrible I'm like notorious in my family for having a terrible terrible memory. I cannot remember anything in detail or most things at all um, before the age of like nine. So um, I was I was like seven when I did my first commercial. So I don't I don't really remember like that day, but um, I remember that I, I remember I had a good time. I remember I enjoyed myself. Yeah. So on. Uh... Like I mentioned earlier, you're, you've been on numerous like cameos on ver different TV shows and everything. What's one of your favorites that you've been on? Um, I think one of my favorite guest stars, probably my favorite guest star, would be The Office. It was so much fun to do. Like in incredible, I mean, just like working with Rain Wilson. I mean, just in general. Like I didn't, I did not realize at the time how cool it was to be on The Office. Yeah. Like now, I, sw I, I swear, I get recognized for being at Burt, California almost as often as I get recognized for being Bruce Wayne. <laughs> um, and I was only in one episode. But it was so much fun. And the people there were so ridiculously nice. And it was just such good vibes all around. And also one of the things that I loved about it was that almost so such a you know good percentage of that show is improv. So it really, really stretches your not just comedic abilities, but acting abilities, your, your abilities to really live as another person and not just repeat lines. And as an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old, I think I was at the time, um, that's a really valuable lesson just starting out in, in, you know, in, in the business, just starting out doing this. I did not realize, you know, I, I, had, I did not have that skill set at all yet. I, I, I still don't really. I mean, I never really did any kind of improv seriously, um, after that, but that was, I worked on that for about a week and it was really intense. And I remember I was always really nervous, but I was always, I always felt super, super comfort comfortable and supported because everybody around me was so nice and, and supportive and, um, just funny, just really like really great energy to work off of when you're, you know, when you're in that space and, and, um, yeah, it was just, it was just a really great experience. And it also, it was the Halloween episode. So like everyone had really cool costumes on and it was just, it was just fun. I just had a really good time. Do you, um, when you, what was your first TV uh, show that you appeared on? 
So your first um, gig, your first gig. My first my first gig was a movie that ended up on TNT, directed by Eduardo Ponti, uh, with uh, with Reese Darby and Sasha Alexander, called Coming and Going. I was only in one scene. I was Timmy. I was eight when I booked it. Okay. And um, I, I was um, so Reese Darby was the main character, and he played a um, a doctor, I think, of some sort, and he had um, a woman in his in his waiting room. Um, and I was that woman's son and I was just super annoying. And I was like, and she was like, my, my, my mom was not, you know, like, like, you know, um, reprimanding me at all with what I was doing. But basically what I was doing, I just like, I just, all, all I remember is I, I, I was supposed to in the scene kick Reese Darby in the shin. Right. And I didn't realize I was eight. I didn't, I didn't realize that he had a shin guard on. And so I just like kept kicking him and kicking him usually in the same place. And it was fine. Like, no, I was like, I remember thinking like, I'm surprised I'm allowed to just kick this guy. Like, I'm surprised he's just taking it. But I guess that's acting. Um, I don't really know. And then one time, I kicked him particularly hard, and it felt harder than, than normal. And I realized I missed the shin guard because I didn't know it was there. I wasn't aiming for it at all. And he just, like, he fell on the floor in pain. Wow. <laughs> and um, I felt really bad. Um, but, yeah, that was, that, was my, that was my first day ever on a Jeez. theatrical job. <laughs> So, uh, how was your time of the touch? I know it was a short series; it didn't last that long. But how was it for you? It was amazing. I, I think I came out of touch. I mean, I know I did. I came out of touch a way, 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 way better actor than I was going into it. Um, it was the first time that I'd ever gotten such regular practice. Um, you know, act. I think practice makes perfect. Um, it's cliche for a reason. It's true, uh, and. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I being able to work five, sometimes six days a week regularly like that for um, six months, you know, back to back for for two seasons, was an amazing gift. It, I think you know, I just I I that that's I feel like that that's what kind of defined um, uh, who I was as an actor. Because also that was obviously my my most visible role um, uh, up until that point, and. Um, that's, yeah, and, and also because I was so young, I think I was so impressionable, and the lessons that I learned, I was around the best people, really, really experienced, really hardworking, really dedicated, passionate people who care about what they're doing, and having Kiefer there, also Kiefer Sutherland, um, like my dad um, in that, Martin Baum, uh, he taught me so many, so many things, and he'd always you know, talk to me and, and, um, and like point things out. And it was just a, it was just such an educational experience, um, as well as being an experience that I had a blast on every single day because it really was a second family. Yeah. Um, that crew, yeah. that crew still is like this. They still are the you know, people that I'm uh, most comfortable around. Oh, that's nice. So now Gotham, Bruce Wayne, I mean, that, that, that has to be exciting that you, how many people can say they played Bruce Wayne? Um, I think like eight. <laughs> and you're one <laughs> yeah. of and you and you are one of them. I'm one of them. <laughs> so, kind of crazy. I, yeah, I mean, you know, like, okay, <laughs> I, I have a lot of questions about Batman and Gotham, and of course for the show for you. So, how were you approached for that role? Tell us about the audition. Um, okay, so the audition. Um, I started auditioning right before Christmas break in December. Um, I was I was. 12, so it must have been 2013, um, and right at the very end of 2013. And I remember I auditioned for the first time with a an 104 degree fever. Wow. Um, and then I didn't hear anything for two weeks because it was Christmas break. So I was like on the edge. I was like, 
know, I wonder how I did for two weeks. And then um, they brought me back for maybe six callbacks, and like three of them were within the same week. Like I, I like I'd go in for I'd go in for a test, and they call me back to like that night. All right, they want to test you again against some other kids. Come back tomorrow dressed in this, and um, it was like it was it was it was like. It was tough. It was very nerve-wracking. It was a very, very long, strenuous, and nerve-wracking um, uh, audition process. But months and months later, it was official. I think it was official, like right around, right around my birthday. I think in, in February. Um, so yeah, it took about like, three or four months mm. to do the entire audition process. Um, but then yeah, eventually it was official. I was super pumped. I was super excited. Super happy. Yeah. Did you know? And, did you um, know? Did you know you were auditioning for Bruce Wayne? Because I know, like sometimes you. Right, okay. You go to yeah, auditions so was, that you don't was, know. It was yeah. the same scene. Okay. It, was, yeah, it was the same scene for, for all of the um, auditions, and it was not Bruce Wayne related at all. I forget what my character's name was, but it was it didn't even start with a B. Wow. And um, I was talking to my therapist. Uh, like the scene was, I was talking to my therapist. Um, my, my brother had recently, my older brother had recently died, and my therapist was asking me, can you tell me a story um, about um, – a happy memory that you have with your brother. And I, and I go into this whole monologue about how uh, me and my brother were um, sitting, me, me and my brother and my parents were camping out somewhere and me and my brother climbed a tree and Eagle landed on the branch that we were sitting on. And it was a majestic experience. And it was one of the best days of my life. And it was really, really well written. I'm sure it was written by, by Danny or Bruno. Um, and uh, I knew that I was a for Bruce Wayne uh, only because not because it said it anywhere on the sides or there was a description of the character of Bruce Wayne anywhere on the sides, um, only because my agents knew and they told me. Um, so I, I didn't know, but I do know also that a lot of the cast members didn't know. That, that I think I think Sean and, and Cameron, they... Um, I think Cameron knew she was auditioning for Snape. I don't think Sean knew he was, a, he was auditioning for Alfred um, oh. until like much, much later on in the process. Wow. And yeah, I didn't, I, didn't have, I, didn't, I didn't see any of the script. I had no idea what, what it was about. Um, I mean, I, obviously, I knew generally that it was about um, an or story to Batman and um, about Bruce Wayne growing up. And I, I was told that uh, you know, um, Commissioner Gordon would have a, a large presence on the show. Um, but that's about it. I had no idea what other characters were in it. Um, and, I, and I didn't know a lot about Batman either. Um, Batman has always been my favorite superhero, mainly just because how could you not see Christian Bale as an eight-year-old and like idolize that for the rest of your life? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I always loved Batman. Um, but yeah, when I was 13, I knew very, very little about him. And when I got the role, I did a ton of research. Read every comic book I could get my hands on, watched every movie, um, watched the Adam West TV show, watched the animated series. I did everything. Um, but ultimately, I kind of like the way that they approached it because if I had known, like if it was very clear that it was Bruce Wayne, there was sides from the script, I would have done research. I would have like looked at videos of Christian Bale and tried to imitate that. But I kind of just did my own thing. I kind of just interpreted the words as they're written on the page as I would have done that on any other audition. And then because, you know, they hired me, that, that kind of meant that, okay, that was the interpretation that they were looking for. That's yeah. just kind of what I mainly what, what I stuck with for us to show. Obviously, um, with all that research came some minor tweaks and changes and that things that I thought were more suited for, um, for Bruce Wayne specifically. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it was kind of just, my initial interpretation of that of that mock uh, uh, dummy size of the game, yeah. and um, like I said, they were really well written. So I think they knew exactly what they wanted. You know, they just wanted to see who would you know read it that way. So you mentioned you, you did your research and you watched, of course, the Batman's with uh, Bale. But did you enjoy the ones with Michael Keaton also? 
Yeah, of course. I mean, I enjoy them all. How do yeah. you not? Yeah. They're also different. And it's, that's something that's like, Correct. I think, so, um, so defining for sort of Batman um, canon. Like, that's not really true for any other canon that I know. Yeah. Um, like any, like not even outside the superhero world, like any kind of, um, any kind of, any kind of mythos is very usually kind of follows the same tone at least in general. But Batman is so 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 widely changed with every incarnation of him. I mean, you have, I mean, just look at Adam West and Christian Bale back to back. Like, you find it's very hard to believe that's the same character. Yeah. Um, and and that, but that's the thing about Batman because because oh yeah, I, I was I was just saying if you think about it, can you hear me now? Yes. I was just saying, if you think about it, the story is ridiculous. It's yeah. about it's about a guy who dresses up as a bat, trying to stop all crime in his city, yeah. and his biggest his biggest arch nemesis is a clown. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's um it's kind of and his and his um his his sidekick wears booty shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're, yeah, the Adam West. Yeah, so. Um, how does it feel being in the same group with all those actors that played Bruce Wayne? Different ways, in time, you know, why why it's so campy in certain versions, you know, it seems like the animated series and um, Adam West. But at the same time, there are some real, real, real valuable lessons that come with Batman. I think that that's one of the things about Batman that's attracted me so much is that he's a couple of things, but he's not perfect. He's a very, very flawed human being. And his strength comes from his flaws. And I think that that message is very real, it's very genuine, it's very raw, and that's why it's also easily, very easily translatable into something that's much more serious, like the Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah. Um, and then you have something that's like, with like my, and I think Gotham has found a, um, it's, a, it, it, it went through patches of kind of being in, in both directions, but I think it found a really nice happy medium in the middle where um, there are some really serious moments um, that are driven by human uh, kind of connection. Um, but there also are some really ridiculous moments that are kind of um, to bring out the, the fun and the ridiculousness and the absurdity of this canon. Hmm. It's an interesting way to put it, but yeah, you're right. So like, so we mentioned all those people that have played uh, Bruce Wayne. How does it feel being in that same group with them? Um, whenever I get this question, I never really know how to respond because it, it, it just depends on like the day. Like sometimes, somebody will tell me like, do you realize like you're on this really, really short list? And I'll think about it, like really think about it. And yeah. I just kind of, I just kind of like, am, am speechless in, in my shock. You know, I, I, I feel so honored and I feel so grateful and I feel like it just, it's just not true. Like there's no, I just, I just feel like it's like, there's no way that's, you know, that's me, you know, it doesn't make sense. I can't like, that's not possible. And then, and then I'll have a kind of like, you know, think about it for a while. I'm like, ah, yeah, it's not that big a deal. And then it'll just hit me again. How crazy it is. It yeah. is insane. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is insane. That's, that's, that's my feeling on it. I'm kind of still five years later in a lot of shock. Yeah. So there's two episodes left of Gotham without, you know, we're not going to spoil the rest of the two episodes, but how would you describe now, like your relationship as Bruce with uh, Jeremiah for this season? Um, it's really interesting. I mean, it's, it's developing into kind of the perfect, I mean, obviously the story is ultimately an origin story to what we already know from the, from the canon. And I think the way that, there's, that they set up Bruce and Jeremiah's relationship this season and the way it's developed this season, the way it will continue to develop this season is kind of perfectly setting up the Batman Joker relationship that we know. Um, as we've seen, Jeremiah is obsessed with, with, 
whole ideology is that he wanted to be Bruce's best friend. Um, Bruce didn't want to be his best friend because he murdered a lot of his friends, um, understandably. So he wouldn't want to be his best friend. And so Jeremiah's kind of reasoning was, all right, well, can't, I think this is line from the show. If we can't be bonded by, uh, by love, we'll be bonded by hate. I will, I will make you care about me. Like Jeremiah just does not want Bruce to be indifferent towards him. He wants him to care about him. He has this kind of sick obsession with Bruce. And so, um, and I think that's kind of the perfect way to categorize their, um, relationship as, as Batman and the Joker. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at you look at the Joker. The, neither of them ever kill each other. Neither of them ever love. Um, ne- ne- neither of them ever end the fight because they're kind of they have this weird obsession with the fight itself, with the struggle. Like uh, it's kind of a really common theme in the comics. Um, Batman obviously can't kill the Joker because that's against his morals, and the Joker doesn't want to kill Batman because the Joker, like you know, just like Jeremiah, has this weird obsession with him, and he likes. He likes fighting Batman. He likes defeating Batman, but he doesn't ever want the fight to be over. He never wants to fully defeat him. He wants to just like kind of, um, you know, yeah. pick him and tease at him and destroy him slowly internally. Um, I think it's I think it's a really really cool idea, and that's kind of what we're setting up um, with with Jeremiah and Bruce. Yeah. So, after five seasons, how would you describe your relation, like the Bruce's relationship with Gordon? Also. Um. It's gone through a lot of rocky turns. I remember, um, I remember we had some, we had a really heavy episode together at the beginning of season four, and in our first episode in maybe cause in season three we had maybe two scenes with each other the entire season, um, and it was just one of those things where I was like, well, and I didn't didn't really realize that until we had worked together like seriously again, um, uh, you know, a year and a half later, um, and I think that that was on purpose. You know, uh, the, the writers really wanted to kind of create this this separation. Um, season three was when um, Bruce really started his journey into becoming somewhat of a threat physically, um, and it's really when he started to, be, to 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 start his transformation into not only an adult, but into, um, in the first two seasons he was more greedy, the victim. Um, in season three, he becomes much more active and he becomes somebody who's a real player in the Gotham game. Uh, and Gordon was away for all of that. So it was really, um, I think that was intentional so that they, we would create this space um, between the two characters that he doesn't really know what's going on with Bruce. He doesn't really know that this, this transformation is happening. And I think he never, Bruce never really fully lets him in. There's always these little secrets that he's hiding from him. And it's kind of in that season where he kind of, starts to solidify his core, core group of, of people that he's going to trust, which really comes down to just Alfred and, and, um, and Lucius Fox. And I think going into the last season, uh, Gordon has finally accepted Bruce as a partner. Um, that was a huge kind of conflict in season four because uh, Bruce comes in, you know, he's back and he's uh, from seeing Gordon for a while and he's, um, he thinks he knows what to do because he doesn't know what to do, but Gordon remembers him as a little boy whose parents got shot down in an alley who's helpless and who's, you know, um, a victim, not necessarily somebody who can help them in, in that situation. Um, and Bruce says, no, no, trust me, I can do this. And I think season four, Gordon struggles with that um, the entire season. And then season five, he finally kind of lets him in and, uh, and says, okay, um, I will. You know, we're kind of in a desperate situation. We need all the hands we can get. And yeah, Bruce, I do trust you. Um, which is a really big moment for them. And that's kind of the around season four. And then obviously that's going to take us to um, when Bruce gets on the mask. Um, 
she's going to do the same thing, essentially. You're going to give Gordon that gift of, I do trust you also. Do you do you have a favorite scene that you're in in the five seasons of Gotham? Favorite scene? That's really tough. And I have, I have probably a favorite scene, like, every season. But I think definitely... Favorite uh, favorite scene to shoot, favorite scene that like was more most transformative for my character, or any of the above. Uh, whichever one you want to share with us is fine. Okay. Um, so many different scenes. There's so many good moments on the show. Um, I would say I, I think probably my favorite scene of the entire of the entire show um, was in season three, season three, episode fourteen when uh, Bruce and Alfred, at the end of the episode, um, it's the episode when Jeremiah, I mean, Jerome kidnaps Bruce um, and takes him to the circus, and um, Bruce gets out of Jerome's trap and defeats him and punches his face off and all of that. It's a really fun episode. Um, yeah, I know that's probably one of my favorite episodes, too. But there, the, um, there's a scene at the end um, in the kitchen when Alfred is stitching Bruce up, and it's a really quiet scene, and just the two of them talking. And it's when Bruce vows that he will never kill. He will never cross that line because he didn't cross that line. He didn't kill Jerome, yeah. um, and he will never. He will never do that. Hmm. And I think just the, the the building up to that scene and that scene itself was so transformative for Bruce, for Bruce's relationship with Alfred. Um, and it was such a well written, um, well directed. You know, um, sh- having Sean there, you know, by my side was amazing um and he was so you know supportive and i just i i i feed off of sean and i think you know we we we, we get into a room because we work so so intimately with each other and i think we this kind of honestly kind of happened right away we just kind of clicked um and i think you can really see that chemistry on screen um but when i work with sean he'll do something that'll kind of surprise me and take that he didn't do previously and it'll inspire me to do something like that I didn't sign at all, something completely spontaneous. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, so, it's such a thrilling feeling to be working with Sean because I feel so comfortable and I just feel yeah. like I'm, I'm doing my job the, the very, very best that I can because I'm just always so inspired by him yeah. and by what he does in front of the camera. He was a, um, he's a great Alfred. So, he, was a fan, he is a very fantastic Alfred. I think yeah. he's probably my favorite Alfred. Um, but anyway, I mean, uh, yeah. So all of that, all of that together, uh, is um, was kind of made that scene for me. And then obviously, like the the the, the content of this scene, because that's a defining moment for Bruce's legacy in terms of the canon, in terms of becoming Batman. Now I know the writers and the producers have said that uh, you know you, it's not going to be you, but your face will be you know wearing the bat suit at the. Uh probably the last episode I assume how did it feel like seeing that when you saw it on the back end of it um I've been told by many people that I can say very very little about the last episode and my involvement in the last episode all I will say is that um I haven't seen the final version obviously I don't see it until it airs okay um I'm really really excited to see it and um it was really fun to do what I what I, what I was involved in was yeah. um, was was really cool and really exciting. So uh, 
I do notice that on your Instagram, everything you you know you do your little share of comic cons and stuff like that. How is it meeting the fans of those uh, of the cons? It's amazing. I love meeting the fans. I mean, that's why we do the show, right? So like when I when I get to meet the people who actually watch the show and appreciate the show, it's so nice to be able to hear their feedback, to hear what they like and don't like, and uh, it's I mean it's kind of it's uh, it's I mean it's why I do it, you know, just to just to see the people who are actually appreciating my work. It inspires me to do my, to do my very best whenever I'm, you know, back in front of the camera. Yeah. Do you, um, do you have any more uh, comic con appearances that are coming up for you after the show ends? Yeah, I think I'm doing empire state, uh, in like next weekend, um, which is in Albany. And, um, I know I have one in Peru in May. Oh, wow. Uh, that's some cool ones coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the show is ending. What's your uh, what's your plan after this? Uh, you take just taking some time off, concentrate on school. Right now, yeah. I mean, I'm still listening to things. Um, I'd love to do something uh, before I go to college next fall. Um, but yeah, I mean, college is kind of my next big project. Yeah. Have you decided where you're going to college yet? Yeah, I have. Yeah. What are you? I'm. Gonna... I'm uh... Go ahead. I, I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to Stanford. I'm probably going to major in economics. Oh wow. Oh, that's great. It's always good to have something while you're doing the acting also. Yeah. So on your, on your, uh, when you're not in school and you're not acting, what do you do for fun? Uh, hang out with my friends, walk my dogs, yeah. just chill. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, what, that's, that's my, that's my favorite thing. <laughs> I love just chilling. <laughs> so, um, is there any, uh, TV shows that you enjoy watching or, uh, any movies recently that you've watched that you've enjoyed? Yeah, there's. I mean, I, I, I'm a huge TV show. I consume TV, um, very much. Um, <laughs> uh, let's just think. Um, I mean, I told you before, I love adult animation. Yeah. I'm super excited for Game of Thrones to come back. I cannot wait for Game of Thrones. What we got? What are we at? Like nine more days. I'm so 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 excited. Uh, what else? Um, I love. I'm trying to think of movies. I haven't watched a lot of movies recently, though I've I've kind of been like starting. Um, I just watched Psycho for the first time on Hitchcock, which was really cool. Um, I'm taking a film class in school, and we're we're doing like a Hitchcock, Hitchcock unit right now. So I'm gonna watch The Birds next, um, and we watched Rear Window. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I think I've like this class has really made me um, appreciate like the directing side of movies yeah. to you know a whole other a whole other level and i'd love to do that one day um as well i'd love to direct and uh possibly produce and write yeah. uh, as well as act i love acting but i'd love to kind of branch out in the entertainment industry um if if that's where uh you know the future takes my you. my path is, is supposed to go yeah. yeah there you go um is there any other projects that uh you are working on while you're uh now that gotham is ending that you can plug away there, there are some there, there are some things in the in the works. Nothing set yet, so nothing that I can fully talk about. Yeah. Um, but uh, a couple a couple of things that uh, should shoot this summer. That's nice. Uh, All right. Yeah. And, uh, um, and lastly, um, how can the listeners find you on social media? So um, I mainly use my Instagram, which is David D A V I D. So like David A Mazuz. Um, and the A stands for Albert. A lot of people ask me like, why is your, is your name Davida? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just stands for Albert. Albert's my middle name. Um, so yeah, David Mazuz. And uh, my Twitter is at Real David Mazuz. Um, 
and my Facebook, which I very rarely go on, is just my name to be the news. Right. Yeah, my social media. All right. I want to thank you for coming on, man. This was fun. Thank you so much for having me.